Hello, I'm Simon Farrell-Green, and I'm the editor of Here magazine, and we're delighted to be bringing you this series of wonderful New Zealand houses, along with our friends at Altham Window Systems. Over the next year, we'll be talking with top New Zealand architects about a recent design, learning how it came to be, and why the people who live in it love it so much. We'll have beautiful videos, lovely photographs, and some great yarns. But we're also going to feature a podcast with each project where I get to chat with the architect and hear the story behind the design. It's a chance for us to sit down at length and hear the full story. From the city to the country, from large and luxurious to small and clever, I hope you'll follow along with us as we explore these wonderful New Zealand houses. It's often said that in architecture nothing good comes easy, and that's certainly true of the extraordinary view at this house on the hill above Scarborough in Ōtatahi Christchurch by architect Greg Young. There's a sweeping view over the city and the water stretching almost 180 degrees from horizon to hill, which is understandably very attractive. But there's also a steep, unstable slope to contend with. On this, Greg has built three stepped levels from poured in situ concrete, a muscular, solid construction that gives you a sense of safety, while floor-to-ceiling expanses of glass put you right in that view. To tell us more, we're joined by Greg Young now. Kia ora, Greg. Welcome. Kia ora. Um, so this is this is really quite an amazing site. What's what's the story behind it? It's a difficult site. This part of the city is effectively on the rim of an extinct volcano. Um, it gets blasted by the northwest, so. You're, you're dealing with the rock of the volcano from from the get-go, effectively. Um, so getting a house onto it slash into it is challenging. Um, road right beside it that we needed to hold up as well. Um, access was an issue. Um, so everything was, I suppose, constricted would be a, be a good word to describe it. But you've got that view i wonder whether before we can go any further you can you can kind of tell us what so we're sitting at the table in the in the living area here tell us what we're looking at and what we can see on a good day oh look it's it's world class um i don't think you can get any better view than that anywhere you'll get different views but whether you could call them better um is up for grabs i mean we're looking uh, over the Canterbury Bight, out to the Kaikoura Ranges, all the way down the Southern Alps, over the city. Uh, so on a good day, you'll see snow on the Alps over the water. Uh, you'll see the sun shining off the Kaikoura Peninsula. Um, in the foreground, you've got the, the Sumner Village. So you're engaged in the view in quite an intimate way, as well as being separated from it, uh, looking at the expansiveness of it. Yeah, so it's, it's, there's a little bit of kind of, is it like almost sort of Noddy Town or Lego Town? Sort of, I was watching a bus driving along before and it's everything's kind of in miniature. It's quite charming. Yeah, it's quite, so you've yeah. got, you're right, you've got the sort of the sea rolling in and the mountains and then you've got these it's sort of, you know, like Sim City or something below you. It is quite, quite strange. Um, yeah. <laughs> you, you can watch people, it's almost perverse in a way. So you can see them, they can't see yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's entertaining. Uh, and it, it's... If you're looking just at the amazing ocean view, then that's all well and good um, until night time when it turns black. 
uh, with this, you've got an ever-changing view that you're involved in mm. as much as you want to be, effectively. Mm. So that's an obvious attraction. What what did the clients want from the site? What were their, What was the sort of the, the need for them? It's an evolution when you're going through a brief on a house like this. The obvious thing when, when you approach the site is that, oh my God, there's such an amazing view, I, I need to see the view. But what you've also got to be aware of is that as much as it seems to be all about the view, you also need to get out of that view. Um, mm. So you've got to balance uh, the exposure to it uh, with the intimacy and the way you live in the house. I suppose it's something that comes with experience when you're working on these houses in the hills that, yeah, the obvious thing is go, look, let's just do everything in glass. Uh, but you need to get out of it. You need to relax from it. You need to capture certain aspects of it. Um, with so much glass comes a lot of sun, comes a lot of wind, um, there's exposure, so it's balancing all of those aspects as well. Mm. Uh, so we've got areas of the house where you're really involved in the view and areas of the house where you're completely out of it, so you've got some choice. I, I mean, I, I didn't appreciate till I visited that you've effectively bookended it. So, yeah, you've got this, and particularly in the living space, this big, long, you know, expansive glass, but then, you know, the walls on either side, and I guess partly because eventually there'll be a house mm. either side. So you you need to buttress against those as yeah, well. very much so. Um, and it's a trick for young players that you get into the hills and go, wow, look at this, I'm just going to put glass everywhere. And then you forget about the fact that there's going to be someone living beside you looking into your living room if you're not careful. Yeah. So you've got to focus your views and be very aware of privacy as well. Yeah. Um, if you can see out, then someone can see in. Yeah, yeah. So it's a it's a 30-degree slope, it but is. there's actually, it's more than just steep, isn't it? There was, I was reading, sort of going through notes this morning, Tell us a bit about what actually was on here that made it difficult to kind of build on. Um, well, there's a couple of issues. So yes, it's steep, so that's that's the obvious one. The rock was problematic. Um, we know there's rock on these sites, but the problem that you get is that since it's old lava flows, uh, some of it's, there's three different types of basalt we're dealing with effectively. Uh, one of them's kind of red and crumbly, one of them's red and a bit harder, and one of them's blue and you spent a gazillion dollars on knocking a hole in it. Um, so there's there's a degree of unknowns. On top of that, since the, the road access is right on the house, the construction of the road was a little bit problematic once we started excavating into the site, so we then had to hold up the hill behind the house as well as hold the house onto the hill. So, yeah, yeah, yeah challenging. Yeah. So how did you deal with that? You, you've, you've dug down and stepped sort of three levels down it's almost a con sort of commercial construction it is very much a commercial it? construction yeah so that was driven partially by the geotechnical aspects of it and partially by the uh, the access to the site so our original concept was okay look we're going to need to retain so we should do it in concrete uh, the concrete's going to work out well because we don't need to maintain it like we would a timber framed house or a timber clad house um, so we've got to get the concrete here can we get a panel on the back of a truck around a couple of the corners leading into the site? No, we can't. Okay, we've got to do it in in situ. Um, now the advantage of in situ is that it's much stronger than precast concrete. We can tie it all together. You can build it on site specifically. You can tie it into the hill. Um, so the, a lot of the work was tying the hill back, reinforcing the hill back, 
and making the, the structure of the house work harder than what you'd normally expect it to, mm. um, while also you know, insulating it and waterproofing it and making it look beautiful. So It doesn't feel commercial inside. I think that's the other thing to it. There is a softness to it. It doesn't feel hard and cold, or and it's not, you know, not even particularly sort of bangy or noisy. So what was the sort of approach to, to softening all those hard edges? Yeah, it's a conscious decision. Um, when you're dealing with concrete, you've got to be aware of, a, of the pros and cons of the material. And also, there's, there's a psychological aspect to concrete that even if it's warm to the touch, psychologically, you'll often think that it's cold because it's concrete and that's where we've come from. And in New Zealand, often there was condensation running down the walls and concrete was horrible. So it's just in the back of people's minds, there, there is that, that coldness to it that you consciously need to negate. Uh, so we've, we've used a lot of timber in the house um, and timber is almost a juxtaposition against it in that whether it's warm or not, you think it's warm. Uh, so we've got these honeyed tones of the cedar in the home, uh, the texture of it, so it makes you feel warmer. It's great acoustically. We've got some varied profile and depth, so it bounces the, the sound around a little bit and breaks it up. So it is almost fighting the, the concrete, um, the, the negatives of the concrete. It's adding a positive to it. And the positives of the concrete, it's a, there's a, this constant balance between the materiality of the home. It probably doesn't occur to people who live here, but um, I come to hillsides like this. What happens here in an earthquake? Um, this house is so strong that if it's to move, then we've got bigger concerns. <laughs> so, yeah, and it's been raised like, oh my God, you've put this house on this hill, it's going to end up at the bottom of the hill. If this house ends up at the bottom of the hill, the entire hill's coming with it. And if the entire <laughs> hill comes with it, then we don't have Christchurch left anymore. Right. So, it is, it is incredibly strong. Yeah. So, yeah, no concerns at all. <laughs> going to have to tell us about these incredible windows we're, we're sitting in this in the living room and it is floor to ceiling wall-to-wall glass along the, the front facade you've got um a sort of a custom frame from from our firm but then very little structure in the windows tell us a little bit about why you did it and and what the what the effect is so with this view we've focused on the fact that we put as little solidity in front of it as possible um, so we don't want to see the aluminium frames of the windows uh, so the, we've limited that as much as we can the, the frames that we do have are recessed flush or completely concealed behind cladding um, it's, it's an expansive amount of glass uh, so there are set sizes of glazing that you can use so there, there, there is joints in the glass by necessity uh, now, traditional method in a residential sense would be to put an aluminium mullion in that position um, to basically allow the, the glass to interlock. Now, what we've done in this situation is we've taken a commercial approach to it and we've used a flush glazing uh, system that we're butting the glass up against each other with a silicon bead joining it together. Uh, so it really minimises any physical obstruction in that view. We're very exposed here. Mm. So that glass is going to move. Uh, we had an oyster screaming in here, it's going to move. Uh, so we've strengthened the glass again 
without using an aluminium mullion by using a glass fin. So the strength is actually structural glass effectively. So we can see through those mullions, we can see through those fins, um, you know, making that, that view as expansive as we possibly can. It's unusual residentially, um, but it's worked out really well. And we, we originally specified a commercial uh, frame system, so one of Altherm's commercial frames, and they have actually ended up using a residential frame in a commercial way because it gave them the ability for the glass to move a lot more seismically. Uh, so they've, they've come up with a very bespoke solution to very bespoke requirement. And then the other reason I think that it works as well as it does is that there's no deck on that front side. You've pushed the living right up against that window and then you've got your, your, your outdoor space off at the other end. So yeah. you, 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 there's nothing between you and that, that view, that expanse in front of you. Yeah, that's it. When you're in the living spaces internally, you, you are so involved in that view rather than separated from it with a balcony. Mm. Um, we probably should have done it before, but tell us a bit about how you laid the house out, what the logic of it is where things go so the logic is as you step down the hill you come into an entry level uh, that's got the garaging and an office upstairs normally you'd put the living area at the top bigger view uh, no chance being built out we've got no chance being built on the out on the site so i didn't need to worry about that as much uh, the view's big enough without having the living room up there so the main reason we've put the living rooms down a level um, is because with the access at the top we lost so much of the site to a driveway and to access in and out of the garage uh, so effectively with a much smaller available footprint of house we've used those spaces as an entry point as a garage and as an office and they're, they're smaller spaces whereas you come down a level into the living areas we can use the entire level with with more depth uh, for your living spaces it also allows us to to line the living dining kitchen up so you've got that expansive glass all the way through those those prime living spaces and then tucked in behind that we've got access and we've got a home theater or a media room down the next level is the bedrooms it, there's a logic to the way that the house is used um, and there's a logic to the way that the house sits on the site mm -hmm. and then you've got like we talked about you've got the outdoor space um, which just feels really successful Tell us a bit about it. It's, you're, you're tucked away down there. It's, you can close it down. You can open it up. Yeah. Because, I mean, the thing, you referred to it before, the thing about views often is you also get weather. It's, it's an unconventional approach to the placement of that outdoor living space. Um, now, the logic is that you need shelter in them. Um, if we put the, the outdoor living space on the front of the living space, living area or the indoor living areas then you are very very exposed um, you're exposed to the easterly which is cold in Christchurch you're exposed to the nor'wester which is hot um, so by tucking it in the position that we've got you you can be out in that nor'wester if you want to to get that heat so the sun aspect works mm -hmm. but you can also slide yourself back a bit and be completely sheltered gives you a sense of enclosure and a sense of intimacy too, which is quite nice in the middle of winter where you crank the, the outdoor fire up and yeah, you, you've got that comfort around you. It creates its own space as well. It, it is quite a defined outdoor room uh, rather mm. than it just being out the front in the view. Mm. 
Uh, yeah, look, I think it is quite successful um, yeah, for a number of reasons. Yeah, you're really happy with it. Yeah, and again, you can open it up through the through the big sliders, or yeah. or yeah. close it down, or whatever. Yeah, close yeah. the the levered roof if, if the weather's inclement. Um, open it up if you want it in. Yeah, yeah, you've got variety with how you use the space. Yeah. And then, I mean, the other the other really successful thing about that room is is you can push everything back. It's a it's a metro series door. It all just slides back and connects you up with the living space. Yeah, so th- when we're moving from the inside of the house into that balcony space, uh, we've got a, a large sliding door that rather than in a conventional manner you would slide a sliding pane across in front of a fixed pane. In this situation we've set it up with the Metro overwall slider. So we've got a sliding pane that slides across, picks up another sliding pane and then slides across in front of a a solid wall effectively so when it's shut you've got your standard glazing when it's completely open you can slide it so you can't even see it so it's just a hole that you walk through and it really blurs the the edges between your indoor outdoor space um, as we like to to talk about but it, it does it in such a way that you you don't even know that there was a sliding door there how how is this house different in summer versus winter? Because that's something that you have to deal with here that other parts of the country don't necessarily have to quite as much. Yeah, I think the joy of this house being in concrete really moderates it. Um, so there are extremes of temperature. Um, we can be negative five uh, quite happily for a, a decent chunk of the winter, but we can also be... Um, mid-30s in the middle of summer um, and the fact that the house is built out of concrete the, the thermal mass of that material really moderates that temperature change uh, the fact that it's also it's built into the hill so it acts a little bit like a cave would so again moderates that temperature change mm. I like the idea of it being a cave that's a that's a really nice analogy because it kind of is one big opening at the front and yeah 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 tucked away and built in yeah, yeah, concrete floors, concrete yeah. walls, um, glazing at the front. So, yeah, no, it works really well. What were you most nervous about with it? Uh, potential for cost blowouts, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it's, and how did that go? It went well, actually. <laughs> uh, we did, did our best. Uh, the unknowns with a site like this is how much you're going to spend on digging your hole effectively. Mm. Uh, so we got a contractor involved really early on to, to give us a price to dig the hole rather than going, oh, fill your boots, we'll, we'll pay you uh, by the hour, by the second as you start knocking that rock out. Um, so it was front-footing things rather than waiting for the for the costs to come in. Mm. It worked out really well. Mm. What are you most proud of? It's, well, it's an interesting thing with architecture. Uh, you know what a building's going to look like uh, but you don't know what it's going to feel like. And what I'm most proud about with this home is what it feels like. Um, it feels comfortable. It's light, but it's not too light. Um, it's got depth to it. Acoustically, it works really well. I find it just a, a joyful space to be in. And I think that's very hard to, to design for with a, a pen in your hand and a, a line on your computer. That's really nice. That's brilliant. 
And that was Greg Young of Young Architects telling us about a house above Sumner, Otatahi Christchurch, with an incredible view and a sense of solidity. Thanks, Greg. My pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for joining here and Altham as we explore these great New Zealand houses and chat with the architects who brought them to life. We'll see you next time.